Hi, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast Season 3, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is a podcast dedicated to all things food, from culinary sleuthing to recipe ideas and interviews with people who are passionate about food and delicious adventures. So join me here on Fridays to explore the world through the lens of food, and together we can share some laughs, conversation, and I welcome you at my table always. So if you're ready, let's jump into our next food adventure together right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast, season three, what? And I'm your host, Beth Fuller. I can't believe it's season three. If you're new, if you're new to the podcast, welcome, welcome. You have a lot of catching up to do. No, no pressure, no pressure. You've been here through all the seasons. Well, I love you and thank you for listening to me every week chattering away. And you know what I'm going to say, don't take notes. I've taken all of your notes, so head on over to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. And while you're there, take in that amazing food, product, and lifestyle photography. It's what I do for a living. So if you need photos, I'm your gal. Hit me up. If you've got questions for the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, if you need culinary sleuthing of any 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 kind i'm your gal send me an email let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com and of course tag me in all of your food adventures on instagram at let's go on a food adventure all right you guys let's do this let's go on a food adventure oh my god i can't believe the holidays are here i can't I can't. I can't. And I don't know if it's because I'm just not ready. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know why I'm on the struggle bus about this. I think because once for me, once the holiday season appears, which feels like out of nowhere, it's like the train leaves the, leaves the station and I'm just nonstop from one thing to another to another to another. And I have said this many times over. I am so grateful to have so many people that I love so dearly in my life and um, so many events that I, air quotes, have to attend to because I want to. It's just, and then when your parents get divorced, you know, you have then multiple celebrations of multiple things, which is absolutely wonderful. And I'm very grateful for it. It's just exhausting, exhausting at times. Hold on, Oliver's about to, oh, hi, buddy, ploop next to me. He feels me, he feels my stress. <laughs> Hold on. All right. If you hear any like sniffing, snoring, barking in the background, jingling, you know who it is. It is my emotional support fluff, my sweet baby boy, Oliver. Um, anyway, so this week's episode, can I just tell you, I am so honored that you chose me to, <laughs> you trust me to answer your questions Full disclosure, I've hosted uh, Thanksgiving and holiday events for the better part of the last uh, handful of decades. I would say I'm 40, I'll be 43 this year. So I've probably started doing it 20 some odd years ago. Um, so I have a lot of experience doing this and I have failed many times. So I have done all the legwork for you and troubleshot this and um, I got you. I got you. So thank you for submitting all of your questions. I am so forever grateful 
for every single one of you listening and for engaging and for, again, trusting me to help 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 you help me help you, however that should go. Um, so I've got a handful of those to go through and then I have some like a lightning round version too at the very end. So I think we should really just dive into it and get going. And here is your Thanksgiving 911 questions. All right, first up, Alice from Instagram. One of my favorite places in the world. No, I'm just kidding. Alice from Instagram writes, I love the holidays, especially one dedicated to all things food like Thanksgiving, but I don't eat meat. I'm a pescatarian and I love hosting. I'm not adverse to having meat in my house, but I don't really know how to cook it. What means would you suggest that would work for a crowd with meat eaters and without, and with a host slash cook who doesn't know how to cook meat? This is such a good question. And um, I too have hosted, well, I mean, I wasn't vegetarian then. I've been to people who are vegetarian and have hosted major holidays, um, their homes, and not eaten meat, abstained from it because they don't cook it, they don't want it in their house, whatever, to each their own. I have no problem with that. I think as long as you're telling your guests ahead of time what to expect, then um, no big deal. Like they probably know that you're pescatarian, but maybe maybe they don't. I, I, I don't know. Maybe you don't eat a lot around each other. I find that hard to believe. So I would just let your guests know ahead of time. And then if you want to cook vegetarian hearty mains, I've got a few I'm going to suggest. Um, another route to go because you don't mind meat being in your home and you don't, I, I'm guessing you don't mind it being cooked. If you don't mind it being cooked in your oven, and you have a friend that wants to come and hang during the day with you and maybe help you get the house ready or help like do some little prep for other things you're planning on making that you love and like just want to spend more time with. Um, I love cooking with people. So I, I welcome that into my home. Um, I would ask them to come over and like put a turkey in the oven for you. That's somebody that knows that feels comfortable doing it. And um, then just spend the day with them the whole morning and they can help and like you guys can maybe have an early glass of wine or something. You know what I mean? Like just make a cool morning of it. Um, If that's not the case or if it is the case and you still want to have a nice vegetarian main for yourself and other people who uh, don't eat meat, then one thing, a couple I would suggest. I mean, I'll also, Bon Appetit did this big, as did the New York Times, um, article on Bon Appetit's I think was in 2021 and the New York Times cooking I think was 2022 both sites have a slew of recipes that serve as hearty means on a Thanksgiving table so I will link both of those uh, in the show notes as well as these recipes I'm going to mention um uh the butternut squash lasagna from Half-Baked Harvest is so good it is I've made it multiple times. It is a fucking solid recipe. Um, And it's a really nice hearty main. So I I recommend that. Um, This is a great opportunity if you wanted to do a tart, like a savory tart, like with really good puff pastry. I like the brand. I think it's Defour. Defour. Anyway, I'll put it in the show notes. You can get it at Whole Foods. It's an all butter puff pastry, which two thumbs up for that because then you're not ingesting a ton of chemicals and other crap. That's really good. 
you can start with um, New York Times has one where it like the base of the puff is uh, ricotta and is it goat cheese or it might be feta. And then um, some roasted carrots, whole carrots, which I think are just beautiful and interesting. And you can do rainbow carrots if you have a local farm that has like right now carrots are really sweet and in season. Um, whole roasting those and then like drizzling them like once everything's baked in the oven when it's coming out finished drizzle that with like some really good olive oil and a tiny bit of like a really nice aged balsamic maybe some fresh herbs on top I think that would make a really nice main just something special too right and then um another option could be like a vegetarian shepherd's pie because then you have like the mashed potato layer you would do the the main like meaty layer would be like French lentils, um, maybe some other like root veggies in there. And it's just hearty and delicious. And you could also still do a side of mashed potatoes because who doesn't like carbs on carbs on carbs? Um, but those are just some suggestions. And honestly, like the turkey doesn't need to be the star of the show. I think a lot of people love sides and the sides have such a strong role on a Thanksgiving day table. So even if you just did a ton of sides, which is still a ton of work, um, I think those would be standouts as well. So I hope this helps and I'm going to link everything in the show notes for you as well. <laughs> okay, next up. Full disclosure, this is my mother. Michelle in New Hampshire writes, my cranberry sauce seems a little runny as and it has cooled on the counter. Do you think it will firm up more in the fridge or should I give it another boil? Any ideas? Oh, mama. This is a good question because I know people who have this issue and they also have it in reverse, whether it's too runny or it's also too firm. So if your cranberry sauce is too runny, a couple of things might have happened. One, you, and then we're talking like you're making this from scratch with whole berries, which is, could not be more easy to do and so freaking flavorful. So if your cranberry sauce is too runny, you've done one of two things. One, you might not have added enough sugar because you're trying to reduce the amount of sugar you're intaking. This is not the time to do that. The sugar and the pectin and the cranberry really do help make the jelly-like texture of the sauce. So you need the right ratio. The other problem is that you probably added too much liquid, whether it be a little bit of water, a little bit of orange juice, which is really popular in like the Ina Garden recipe, um, which is a delicious recipe. I'll link in the show notes. But if it is too watery, what you need to do is just keep boiling it or reboil it um, and get it to go a little longer. And I would also add a tiny bit more sugar to it to see if that'll help. And then cool it down. You also want it to cool all the way. As it's cooling, it's going to continue to thicken. If you run into the issue where the cranberry sauce is too thick, that means you probably added too much sugar, not enough liquid. The cranberries themselves are going to release. They have a ton of water in them. They will release a ton of liquid. Maybe you boiled it too far. If this is the case and it's like really, really too, not the right texture in that direction, then all you have to do is add a tiny bit of liquid back to it, whether it be water, a splash of orange juice. And remember, you can always keep adding. You can't really take away as easily. So just go really slow with a few, like a tablespoon at a time of whatever liquid you're using to um, try to get it back to the texture and consistency that you want. Good question, mama. Uh, hopefully you guys don't have any issues, but if you do, there you go. I'll put it in the show notes. All right, next up. 
ate it from Instagram rights. So I don't know if I'm just a hungry person or if I'm not eating enough in the morning of Thanksgiving, but I am starving, big capital letters, by the time 2 p.m. air quotes dinner time arrives. I know apps aren't really a thing, but I'm hosting this year and I'm thinking of having snacks out for people or really me. What would you recommend that is light, easy and wouldn't fill people up? You know, I feel the same way. And like I eat breakfast on Thanksgiving. I'm not one of those people that are like waking up at the crackle and doing a turkey trot. Not no no tea, no shade to any of those people out there that are healthy and doing these things. Um, I just don't do that on Thanksgiving morning. I will make breakfast. I will, if I'm hosting, then I am like in a tizzy cleaning and cooking and on my feet all morning. But I do make time to eat. I just, that's what I do. I also though am starving. I'm a hungry person in the morning too. So I feel you on this. Um, and two o'clock is way too late. Like you're not eating lunch. So like for me, like lunchtime is always around 1130 to 12 30 ish is when I usually eat lunch and so the fact that like you're not eating till two I'm a little hungry and by a little hungry I'm, I'm like a lot hungry by two o'clock um and also I'm this isn't this is another fun fact about me I don't like it when the house smells like the food I'm cooking it, it makes me not want to eat it I know that might not be a very popular thing especially with like things that take a long time to cook like say Thanksgiving or um, I don't know, sometimes like a roast or something. If I've been smelling it all day, I do not want to eat it. It's just, I don't know what it is. It's just not for me. So like, I like cooking things that take all day to cook and then eat them the next day when the house doesn't fucking just smell like everything that I've just been cooking all day long. It's just not my thing. It's not my thing. Anyway, that's not what you asked. So apps. When it comes to big events like this, the my my rule of thumb with apps is I don't care if people get like eat too many of them. That's on them. Like you're an adult or not. Like you you do you. But I will say go with cold room temp things and like keep it really simple for you who is already doing so much. So like. I would say mezboard, anything with dips, hummus, um, baba ganoush, uh, tzatziki, um, you know, pita chips, maybe some cut up veggies, like a cheese board, like something really, I almost lean towards the mez side of things because Thanksgiving doesn't have a lot of acid. Um, and so like having anything to like brighten up and wake up your palate would be really good. Thanksgiving also lacks food with texture. It, I really, when it comes to Thanksgiving food, it's not my favorite thing to eat. I um, would prefer other meals to be quite honest. I, I like a holiday where yes, it is all about food. I just wish the food was different. That, that being said, um, I think doing something like a mezzo would be great. Something like olives, um, that you could dress up with some citrus zest and fresh herbs. Even like you want to really lean into the comfort of it all. Fucking cheese ball with some funky crackers. Like I would avoid, I probably wouldn't make crostini. They're too labor intensive even for this. Like you want something you're putting out on a platter that can sit out. You don't care. 
and it's done with, right? Like that you can little picky sneakies, really effortless. Or you can ask a friend to bring, bring, be in charge of that and bring that. Um, as long as it doesn't need to go in your oven, cause that's off limits <laughs> and like, or the stove top because you got too much going on. So those are my parameters for apps on holidays that are using the oven and the stove. Um, and enlist people for help. You know, like the other thing you could do is make one of those like really fun dressed up mixed nuts where like you mix, you get like a, an assortment of mixed nuts and then, um, you mix in like some fresh herbs, maple syrup, smoked paprika, maybe a little cayenne, salt, pepper, um, maybe some garlic powder, onion powder, that kind of thing. Mixy mix, toss the nuts in it, bake them in the oven at 350 for, I don't know, 10, 12 minutes. I'm sure I could find a recipe for you and then pull them out, let them cool completely. Um, and they'll last for a couple of weeks. So you could do them way in advance. Um, but again, if you don't want to go that far, like buy some, uh, dressed up mixed nuts, you know, get some dressed up olives. You can go to like the olive bar at any grocery store, buy a couple of those things, get some hummus, get some baba ganoush, get some tzatziki, some other fresh veg, some funky crackers, done, 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 done. People pick at it. It's delicious. And you yourself can pick at it. Okay. Hope that helps. Okie dokie. Next up. Heather in Massachusetts writes, do you have an easy cinnamon coffee cake slash bundt cake recipe that would be good for Thanksgiving AM? Oh, I love a coffee cake. And I love like, I don't really eat sweet things for breakfast. It's not my thing. Um, I'm a definitely savory person at breakfast, but for Thanksgiving, because maybe I'm eating savory food so much during the day that like having a sweet thing sounds so awesome. So you may or may not know this, but King Arthur Baking, King Arthur Flour, you know, the company, the flour company, they have a big, if you don't know this, a big, big website that has a bazillion beautiful baking recipes as well as a ton of other products on it. It's fabulous. Their headquarters are based in Vermont. If you are up in, what area is that? Woodstock area in Vermont, which is like mid Vermont in the center. It is a um, really fabulous facility. They do classes, they have a huge shop, they have a cafe. You can make a day of it. <laughs> Stay in Woodstock. Woodstock's beautiful too. Um, anyway, so their recipe of the year this year was different coffee cakes. And yours truly has made the blueberry corn, which if you go on my uh, my photography Instagram, Elizabeth Fuller Photography, there's a beautiful picture of it, as well as the cranberry almond crumble. Oh, both are so good. Like you can't go wrong. There are other ones for the fall winter are there's they have, I think it's three per season. So their fall winter one, the other one is a glazed espresso cinnamon crunch coffee cake or crunch might not have cinnamon in it, but throw some cinnamon in it. Um, as well as a ginger lemony curd coffee cake all sound fucking amazing. I don't think you can go wrong with any of those recipes. The other resource I will absolutely stand by. I will die on this hill. The Sally baking addiction blog. She is so good. Uh, her recipes are so well tested and well vetted. I can honestly say I've been cooking from it for years. I have never had a bad one. So, you know, hats off to you, Sally. You're fucking amazing. 
Um, her pecan sticky buns are to die for. Uh, a little bit of work, but worth it. So any of those, I think, will scratch that itch of that sweet tooth in the morning. And Heather, I hope this helps. Okie dokie. Up next. Derek from Instagram writes, I love your podcast. And I've been listening since season one. Derek, you mean the effing world to me. Thank you. Truly, truly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I know you get asked this every year, but I'm looking for the best slash new turkey recipe of the year. Do you have a favorite, a tried and true, one you love? Let me know. Yes, I do. I do. Now, I acknowledge that there are many, many ways you can cook a turkey. You can wet brine it, dry brine it, not brine it, roast it. You can slice it open and grill it. You can uh, deep fry it. You can, I don't know if you can air fry it. Maybe pieces of it, maybe. Um, I wonder if you could like fry it like fried chicken. Probably, I don't see why not. You take it off the bone. Um, you'd break it all down. But like, there are so many ways you can cook a turkey. There's no wrong way. There's the way you like the best. You can smoke it. You can definitely smoke a turkey. Um, that being said, I think what you need to start with is a good turkey. And a good turkey to me, good turkey to everybody is different. A good turkey to me is one that is not injected with the saline solution. It's like, they say it has like turkey broth, sugar, salt, probably more water, you know, sometimes herbs into it. And you're going to see that in um, more, I'm not going to name names, but just look, look at your turkey that you're buying and see if it has uh, and like some kind of injected solution in it and what percentage it has in it. Ideally, you want one that doesn't have anything in it. And if you get a turkey that doesn't have any injection in it, you need to do something then to make it really juicy. So one of the way, my favorite method by far is probably a wet brine. And a brine is basically, if you don't know what it is, it is you take water and you put salt and sugar and uh, different aromatics, whether it's bay leaves, some other herbs, um, sometimes crushed red pepper, peppercorns, you know, sage, thyme, garlic, whatever it is. You bring that to a boil, you dissolve everything into it real quick, let it cool completely. Um, you might even want to put like some ice in it to help bring the temperature down once the sugar and salt are completely dissolved in this brine. Then you're going to submerge your turkey into it and leave it in your fridge for at least a day. You can go two days if you want. It's up to you. Then what I would do next is drain the turkey from the brine. I would put it back in my fridge completely uncovered, exposed to the elements in the refrigerator. Because what this is going to help do is really dry out the skin. Um, it'll almost get slightly translucent. Uh, you want to do it a day before you're cooking. So give that 24 hours in the fridge, hanging out, drying out, having a good time with everything else in there. Then before you start cooking it, you're going to dress this turkey however you want to dress it with herbs, with a, if you want to put a rub on it, put a rub on it. If you want to slather it with butter, melted butter, slather it with melted butter, like whatever you want to do to your turkey, you do that. But please pull it out of the fridge and let it get to room temperature before you put it in your most likely 325 degree oven. 
The reason being you want it room temperature is because it will help the cookie, the, the cookie. <laughs> what is on my mind? The cookie. Oh God, Beth. It'll help the turkey cook evenly. That's where cookie came from. So, um, without doing that, you risk certain places of the turkey cooking faster than others. And to get a real nice even cook on it, that that is key. Key. Sorry, I just hit my water glass. Then after that, you know, pull it out once the temperature of the breast nearest the bone center of the turkey at an angle reads 165 degrees. You can pull it out a little before, like 160 even if you want. But ideally, I think for food safety rules, 165. Pull that out of the oven. You're going to have it rest on a cutting board at least 15 minutes. Ideally, a little longer because you want the juices to redistribute into the bird itself. If you cut it right away, all of that work you did, locking in all of those juices are just going to flow out and that juicy bird is going to be all over your cutting board and not in the meat itself. So I would say ideally a half an hour even. You could have it rest on a cutting board. It's not going to get cold, I promise you. Um, if you want to tent it, if you're going to leave it even longer, you can absolutely leave it longer. It will stay hot, it, like piping hot underneath. If you tent it with tinfoil and then put some kitchen towels on top of that tinfoil, it will be piping hot for at least an hour. I'm not exaggerating. And it will continue to cook as well. I mean, not like an extreme amount of cooking, but like it will continue to cook slightly. So if it, you pull it out even at 160, it'll get to 165 tented. If you let it sit there for a half an hour, no problem. Um, so I hope, Derek, first, thank you again for listening from the beginning. Um, means, again, so, so, so much. But I hope this helps because there's, again, no wrong way to cook a turkey. It's just you got to start with the right bird and then go from there. And let me know how it goes. I hope, I know, I know. If you've been listening to the pod this long, I know you've got some cooking confidence and this is going to go so well. Okay. I love this question. And I've been asked this before. So Kelly from Instagram writes, where do you stand on dressing versus stuffing debate? And what is your go-to recipe? So I'll be honest. I grew up in a household where we ate dressing. The turkey got stuffed with, this is like when I was a kid, with um, stuffing. And I didn't know it was called anything else until much later in my lifetime. Probably when I learned about food safety rules and um, other things. No, I'm kidding. But in all honesty, so if you don't know what the difference is, stuffing is the bread-like stuff that you literally stuff into the cavity of the turkey. Dressing is the bread-like stuff that you bake in a casserole dish like a 9 by 13 or 9 by 11 or whatever size casserole dish you have um in the oven separately from said bird I personally like dressing there's a few reasons why I like crispy bits it's one of the only kinds of texture that you're getting on Thanksgiving um I like, and I bake it in usually like a very nice large casserole dish because I want as many like craggly, crispy bits on top as possible. I, um, also if you're going to make stuffing and put it in that bird and bake it in the oven, it 1000% has to get to 165 degrees. 
and you want to stick your meat thermometer as like much in the middle and as far back as you can get with that into the like direct part of where the stuffing is um to make sure that it is 165 because it has been in a raw bird now for hours in the oven and you do not want to give anyone food poisoning on any major holiday in general any at any time at any time but especially not on a major holiday so 165 is the golden rule uh if it's not at 165 you can't you can't serve it you got to put it back in the oven you can take it if the if the turkey's done for some reason and the stuffing is not you can remove it from the turkey and put it in a baking dish and put it back in the oven and get it to 165 but it needs to be at 165. my go-to recipe is Allison Roman's uh, stuffing recipe. It has so many leeks in it. It's got celery. It's got a fucking stick of butter. It uses uh, sourdough bread, which I love. Just so much flavor. So much flavor. And like you get, and you you don't cut up the sourdough. She really leans into suggesting to tear it up into huge chunks, which I love because then you get all these like really crunchy, craggly bits in it. And it's delicious delicious and if you want to add more texture to your Thanksgiving day table I mentioned this over the last few years Samin Nosrat did this big article in the times I think it was either 20 might have been 2021 honestly I feel like it was 2021 um and she had some beautiful recipes in there for like one was this fried shallot herb mixture to sprinkle on top of things on the table so good so good. She also had, I want to say it was like this pickly, I don't know if it was a chutney or if they were pickles or so good. You need texture with every meal as well as like salt, heat, sour, like all of these wonderful things. Thanksgiving is, salt is covered. Um, texture wise, it's mush. There's a lot of mush on Thanksgiving tables. So finding anything to add some crunch. Mm. And then if you can find something with heat and some like tart notes, even better. Anyway, that is my suggestion. I am dressing for life. <laughs> Not going to lie. Allison Roman's recipe. I will link it all in the show notes. So effing good. Kelly, good luck. Let me know how it goes. All right. Last listener question for today. Brent, Brett, Brett, Brett. In Chicago writes, I'm a vegetarian and I could care less about a whole lot of what's going on on the dinner table on Thanksgiving, except for one thing, dessert, pies in particular. I'm not the world's greatest baker, but my husband is. And if I hand him the recipe, he'll do us proud, I promise. So any ideas would be great. Brett, I love you and adore you. And I'm coming over for Pie Fest 2024. I promise. Just tell me when and where and I will be there. Um, okay. So pies, 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 pies. <sighs> There's so many pies out there. I personally, I, I, this might be controversial, but I like a non-traditional pie at Thanksgiving. I know. I, don't get me wrong. A good pumpkin pie goes a long way. And, uh, my mother made the Sally's baking addiction pumpkin pie the other day, just because, 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 and uh, it was so effing good. It has a ton of dark brown sugar in it and black pepper. 
really nice and molasses-y, nice little heat from the pepper. Really, really good. So that that's a good one. Um, some non-traditional pies. I think the New York Times just came out with their pies for this year. <laughs> they also had a whole pie section last year. Two that I think from this year I would absolutely make. Um, the lemon cream pie with honey and ginger sounds delicious, as well as the cranberry cheesecake tart, which looked so effing pretty. Um, yes, yes, and yes. Last year, the cranberry lemon meringue pie and the pecan sandy pie. <sighs> Shut up. And they were so beautiful. Like, so beautiful. That pecan sandy pie was so beautiful. Um, two other, okay, here's two wild cards, not pies. So just hear me out on this for a second. Do you watch The Great British Bake Off? This chick, Christelle, 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 God, I'm so sorry I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Christelle, she came in, she was in the finals. I think in 2021, I don't know if it was 2022 airing in the U.S. and 2021 in the U.K., but either way, such a good baker. Follow her on Instagram. I'll link her account in the show notes. Like amazing recipes. She made this the other day, this uh, pecan pie skillet cookie. Ooh, shut up. And then the one thing that I'm absolutely making this weekend, and I will report back, the almond croissant blondies. I don't think there is a better thing I I can even imagine saying than an almond croissant blondie. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. How effing good does that sound? So I will, I promise, I will report back. Okay, we're not done yet. No, on to the lightning round. All right, a little lightning round advice time. Now, this is just, I hope to be more helpful and give you extra culinary confidence this upcoming weekend. Um, And honestly, if this is like your first time hosting or your hundredth time hosting, I'm just going to say right now, things go wrong. And you know what? When things go wrong, that's okay. And it's not the end of the world. And no one really cares. Even if you burn the turkey and it's inedible or if... uh, you pull it out of the fridge right now or on Thanksgiving Day and you realize it's frozen solid because you've never made a turkey before and you got it the night before and you thought it would thaw out and it didn't. That's okay too. Everything's going to be okay. I promise. I promise. Thanksgiving will never be ruined. Ever. Because there's always going to be something to eat. I promise. I promise. I promise. Even if it's a drive through there will be something to eat. So... One thing that I do that I find very helpful is when I'm cooking any and hosting any big meal, especially one where there's things that need to go in the oven at certain times, be pulled out at other times, then the oven temperature changes, all of that good stuff. I will get all of the recipes I'm making. I will print them out. I will read through them a couple of times. I will make a big grocery list. I will check it over and over again and make sure I'm not missing something. I will go grocery shopping the week before for a lot of things because I'm going back again because I know I've missed something. So fear not with all of that. The reason you're going to print out all of your recipes, though, in my mind, one, to make notes, but two, to look through and start right at the top, the order of where everything's going in, the oven, 
um, if there's a lot of multiple things going in the oven, like for example, the roasted veg, the turkey, uh, my dressing, um, maybe there's a Brussels sprout thing happening. Maybe you have a green bean casserole that's going in. Maybe there's other things going in that oven, like a mac and cheese or something else. And so you just need to be mindful of when, what's going in at what temperature, what's coming out at what temperature, and then mapping that out throughout the day. I find that very helpful. If that's very overwhelming, no problem. Don't do that. Whatever you can do to make this a fun experience for yourself is what we're trying to do. Um, and no matter what, it's going to be a tiny bit stressful. It always is. But just try to have fun. Really, truly, just try to have fun. So something you could probably do this weekend is check your oven temperature. If you haven't already, just to make sure your oven's properly calibrated. And how to do that is you get an oven thermometer. They hang um, on the grates of the in the oven. And so you preheat your oven, you put, put the thermometer in there, preheat the oven to 350 degrees, uh, give it like, once it reaches 350, give it like maybe five minutes after that, if that, open the oven and check what the temperature on the readout of the thermometer inside is. If it's 350, great, maybe it's running a little hot and that gives you a better idea of like for baking, how to, maybe you have to then like scale down a little bit um, on what the digital readout on, you know, what you're setting your oven to. Maybe it's a little cool and then you know, okay, I need to bump up what I'm setting my oven to in order to get it close to what I where I want it to be. If you don't have a thermometer and you don't want to buy one, totally understand, you can do the sugar test. It's not very, it's not nearly as accurate as an oven thermometer would be, but this will give you at least an idea if your oven's running too cool. Um, you put the sh you put your oven to like say 375. You place in an oven safe dish, maybe on a little bit of tin foil, a tablespoon or so of sugar. Put that in the oven, and then while it's preheating, but while you like put that in the oven while it's preheating, and then once it gets to 375, you can open the oven, and if the sugar isn't melted then your oven's running a little cooler than it should. If the sugar is melted, then you're in and around what it should be. So there's that. Um, get a good through meat thermometer. Like if you're getting an oven thermometer to check your oven, cause you've got a whole season ahead of you now in the next month and a half where you're baking up a storm and cooking up a storm for people. Good investment, very cheap. Um, a good meat thermometer, again, very cheap. I can link one in the show notes. It's just a great investment uh, in, it will save you so many worries and woes if things are cooked properly. Do not rely on the pop-up thing on the turkey. Do not, do not, do not, do not. If you're cooking a turkey, get a meat thermometer. So cheap. I will link it in the show notes. Um, okay, for the smoothest mashed potatoes. Everyone's got a great mashed potato recipe. I'm not here to write you a recipe and tell you what to put in it. I'm just telling you, if you want the smoothest mashed potatoes, you need a ricer. They're not expensive. Um, we have the OXO one. It's, I can link it in the show notes. I don't think it's more than like $20 or $30. Makes the creamiest, smoothest mashed potatoes. You don't need a potato masher. You just need this. And you boil the potatoes like you would. Pull them out of the water that has been salted. Please salt your potato water. 
and then you just add them while they're hot to the ricer a little at a time uh, and you crank it and the potato then gets finely grated sort of by this little crank thing and then at the bottom put it over a, a bowl and as you're ricing them they will fall out the bottom of the bowl and then you have these like really beautiful fluffy gorgeously smooth mashed potatoes the other thing i will have said over and over again and another hill i will die on is whatever liquid you're putting in your mashed potatoes whether it's butter heavy cream whatever it is non-dairy something heat it on the stove ahead of time don't put cold liquid or cold butter into your potatoes put it in a saucepan heat that up you don't need it boiling you just want it warm you want it like hmm i don't know 150 degrees 100 whatever you want it warm you'll see it the the butter has melted you, this is a chance to infuse herbs into it like sage thyme rosemary whatever you want into the mashed potato um, liquid that you're going to add to the, the potatoes and then just slowly pour it into once it's nice and warm and after you've riced your potatoes slowly pour it into the potato mixture and just stir it until everything comes together in the most creamy, delicious way that you want. And then there you go. All right. So creamy. So delicious. Uh, can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. I'm telling you salt and pepper in the end to finish it. But you already salted the potato water. So like really good. Really good. Um, just a few more tips. Ask people for help. Please. If you're hosting, ask people for help. Ask people to bring dishes. Divide and conquer. That is what this holiday is about. As well as like, and they can bring anything. Desserts, apps, beverages, sides. Some people are going to bring a main. Like it doesn't matter. Ask them for help. Ask people for help. You don't need to shoulder all of this crap. That's bullshit. You already do too much. You've just cleaned your house on top of everything else. Don't be stressed. Ask people for help. The other thing to do, lean into store-bought stuff. You don't need to make everything. You want to make everything? Good for you. Awesome. Awesome. My hat is off to you. If you want to buy dinner rolls, buy the fucking dinner rolls. You want to buy pies? Buy pies. Go support a local bakery. Buy pies. Buy bread. Buy buy whatever. You don't need to do it all. So buy, buy a cheese board from Whole Foods. I don't care. I just don't want you to be stressed. I want you to have a wonderful day. I want you to enjoy this. It doesn't need to be a blur. It's already going to be a blur. You're going to be bloated. Don't be stressed on top of being bloated. That's not cute. Nobody likes that. Not cute. Um, another tip, if you can, if you have a dishwasher, make sure you run it before you sit down for dinner and empty it. So like somewhere if you can, because then you can start off with a completely clear, clean dishwasher to load all of the dinner dishes and glassware from the table right into the dishwasher. Um, try not to have it half full unless you, like it's just two of you and then like whatever you do you. But if you're serving a bunch of people and they're using non-disposable things, which most people don't use disposable on Thanksgiving because the meal is very heavy um, and you're not outside unless you live in California, which I'm very jealous if you are outside enjoying Thanksgiving because it's effing cold here. Uh, anyway, so try to start with an empty dishwasher before you sit down for the meal, if possible. If not, no big deal. Make things ahead too, like cranberry sauce, stuffing, or sorry, dressing, not stuffing, um, pies, dinner rolls, 
anything, an app, anything you can make ahead of time, like day or two before, do it, do it. And moral of the story, have fun. Just have, try to have fun. Try to enjoy this day. Enjoy the people around you if you like them. Maybe you don't like them and that's okay. And then just go into that little quiet place in your head and just try to ignore them. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but really, it's the holidays. They are what they are. Some are great. Some are meh. And either way, you're going to be fine. And you just made a kick-ass meal. Or maybe you're attending a kick-ass meal and you'll bring the wine. Who cares? Either way, because you're there, shit's a party. So enjoy that party. You're a rock star. And I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for writing in. Thank you for trusting me to answer these questions for you. I will link everything in the show notes. Go to my website, elizabethrfuller.com. And if you've got more questions for the podcast, I'm here to answer them. You can shoot me an email, let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com or tag me on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure or slide into those DMs. I got you. I got you. If you're celebrating this weekend, this upcoming week, happy Thanksgiving. If you're not, no big deal. And I hope you have a fantastic week together. Make some yummy food together. Lead with kindness. And I'll see you in a couple of Fridays. Bye.